Welcome to the M54 podcast. Now I know that in our last episode we told you we're changing the name to the Torah Conversation. And before that our podcast was called A New Conversation with Hani and Peretz. And it's been a while since we've podcasted regularly. And it's all part of the process that we've been participating in ourselves and others over the past year plus. That's what M54 is about. And uh, today, we're going to share with you more about that and some of our ideas for the future. It's good to be back recording podcasts. M54 stands for the magic of 54, which is three times 18, also known as Chai, numerically equivalent in the Jewish alphabet to 18. When one person, a life, a Chai, engages with another person in a wholesome, holistic, authentic, nuanced way, then a new liveliness emerges, which gives us the final 18. So that brings us to the magic of 54. Now that we have that squared away and every you're asking yourself, what is M54 about? It sounds more like MI4, some <laughs> spy agency. It's not. Um, it's simply that, just a, a good conversation, a authentic conversation between two, two individuals and the liveliness that emerges from it. So after having a Chabad house at Brandeis for over two decades. Um, if you heard from our last podcast, we reflect a lot. Um, sometimes we set carve out time to have reflective conversations between the two of us. Sometimes it's a snippet here, a moment, an insight. Uh, oh my gosh, wait, you know, let me share this idea with you, which is something you often do. Oh, I have an idea. I have an idea. <laughs> if you had a nickel for every time I said that. Yes. Um, and sometimes for me, it also comes out in, in a moment of frustration. Things I'm sensing that things are not working out well or the joy or vibrancy that I'm seeking from what we're doing is uh, diminishing. And so it comes out in a, I need to, I need to get this off my chest. And uh, we thought it was time to use our experience and the insight gained through reflection and conversation and share this experience with other people. And what emerged was M54, which is its own organization. Uh, it's on 501c3. <laughs> <laughs> and within it, we have uh, engaged with multiple types or groups of people. With an organization that engages with college students and combats anti-Semitism outside of college campuses as well. And we've been working with them, sharing with them the M54 model of learning, uh, or whether it's with our own colleagues, other Chabad Shluchim and Shluchos. I'm with the Shluchim, Chani is with the Shluchos, with whom over the past year we have been learning using the M54 model. And uh, today there are almost close to 40 Shluchim and Shluchos who are engaged in it at different levels. It's a, well, as you'll see, it's a Der Haruko Ktsara. Um, and Hani, I think you're going to be starting soon your third cohort of Shluchas. Yes. Uh, 
what a rich, telling, uh, important uh, year plus it has been, but more than that because we began this um, during COVID. With alumni. With alumni, engaging them in conversations about different points in life, uh, settling into a new community, finding uh, someone to be with and or maturing a relationship, deepening it, raising children, and still uh, finding the you in it, for example. And um, then we uh, move towards the world of shlachos, which is what we're engaged in now. Which is our world. Which is our world. And we feel it's, it's the most intimate, not the most, but it's, it's very intimate yeah. um, to us. Uh, and it has been marvelous. And it's, it's, you mentioned the, the phrase, Aderach Arucha Uktsara verse, which means the long, short way or path. And it is from the Talmud. Uh, do you want to share the story? Well, the story is of Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya, who said he was only bested three times in his life. One of them was by a young child, and he was walking on a journey towards a destination, towards a particular city, and he came to a crossroad, and he wasn't certain to go one direction or the other direction. There was a young lad sitting there, and he asked the young lad, where do I go? And the young lad says, well, pointing to one direction, that's a short and long way, and then pointing in the other direction, that is a long and short way. Rabbi Shua ben Hananya decided to go the short and long way, which says something. And he took a little walk and after a short while he approached and he saw the city from the distance and as he was about to enter there was uh, orchards and gardens blocking the way didn't allow him access to the city he came back to the crossroads saw the child there and said what is that? the lad said I told you that's long, short but long the other way is long take you longer to walk there but there will be no obstacles once you reach to the city and you'll be able to enter it and the Alter Rebbe, the founder of Chabad, uses this story and, and this metaphor as a, the, the metaphor of long and short as approaches to life, approaches to learning, approaches to one's relationship to God. Yes, he mentions it in the preface of Tanya. Yeah. Um, doesn't really mention it, if I'm not mistaken, again, in the Tanya. Not as a form of learning, but I think it's just... Not a, of, but but the, the, the theme of it... The methodology of it yeah. is what's holding the work yeah. of develop of developing as a Jew, mm-hmm. and this resonated with us very much. Uh, we have learned with time that things take time, and they should take time. And what, what what is the long, the length of it? It's life isn't easy. Life is complicated. Life is hard, and um, we often look around us to guide us of and how on how to move forward especially when life gets challenging and when we outsource our navigation of life we then in a certain sense ask others or ask ideas to inform us and then we copy and paste it in our lives and often it doesn't work or it will work um, immediately, but then it doesn't have this long-term 
impact and it doesn't have the sustainability exactly. because it didn't come from within. And we call that in contrast to outsourcing, we call that um, idea insourcing. Insourcing is usually used as a business term when a company uses its own personnel to perform certain tasks instead of outsourcing it to another company. We're taking it a, to a much more personalized way where to we an educational space an educational space where people can actually learn to use their own life experiences and reflect on it using new language because the old language that people have is not necessarily rich enough and uh, reflective enough of where they are at now it's not their own language it's not their own language but also Offering new language for them to articulate what is actually happening gives rise to their voice. And this process is hard also, and it's long because it takes time to think and articulate. Go ahead. and, and, And dig and explore and unpack and, and, you know, Look at things that, for the most time part, we didn't look. Now, one of the things important to mention, though, that this method of learning, this insourcing method of learning, requ- has one huge requirement, and that is you have to have life experience. You have to have accumulated sufficient life experience which you can reflect on. Then the life experience that is uniquely yours. When I say life experience, when we say life experience, we mean choices, or circum- choices that you made that were with consequential or circumstances that were deeply de- that were demanding as opposed to young people people who are you know children adolescents even young adults don't have that sufficient life experience and that's for the most part how we are usually educated or the tradi- the conventional education is the outsourcing model you mean going to school going to school Learning from teachers, learning from tax, which is university, and and that's really important at that point in your life. Right. There needs to come a point though where we change. What we're suggesting is that there come a point where you shift the learning away from it exclusively being outsourced to it also being insourced. And if we're to generalize, I'd say that starts at around thirty-five. Generalization. Um, yes, where you, where when you you have a decade plus of um, being outside of the typical educational model, and you begin to accumulate your experiences, um, experiences that you could reflect on, where you're you are um, present um, and not just in a uh, system. Yeah. And this. Yeah. How long does it go for? Forever. Mm. <laughs> You mean at some point are you done insourcing? At, at, at what point? Yeah. Well, the long part of it is the work of insourcing. The short moments are the insights gained that you that then um, propel you to make a change in your life that you've been seeking. This is for people also who want to uh, gain a sense of agency over their lives that they feel like they don't have or have enough of anymore. Um and in turn, their lives will become more vibrant. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, a, a sp- upward spiral where you keep on doing the length of it. And then you have these 
bursts of insight and you say, oh, aha, I can do this differently. I want to try this out. I would like to experiment with this and then gain more insight. And so that's why I I said forever, because the long, short way doesn't end necessarily. Right, right, right. Right. It's it's something that we're constantly engaged with in our lives where you, you do the long and you get to a short, then you go over again. It, the sh- in, a, in a deeper way. Yes, because the insights that you gain actually uh, make you realize that you can insource again. Yeah. And it, it's so, uh, it's stunning to watch uh, people come to these moments. Oh. It's, 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 it's marvelous. I'm, I'm very, I, I get very moved. And, they, and it's tiny changes. We're not talking about fireworks that other people notice. Yeah. It's actually a very, gen- it's hard but it's gentle. Yeah. And when it's done modestly, I mean in quietly, that's mm-hmm. what I'm holding in the word modest. Yeah. When it's um, not shouted at, when it's done... Not projected. Yeah, oh, I've discovered this, so let me share it with the world yeah. now. It's And because you realize that that discovery was yours and yours for yourself and actually doesn't make sense to share it with others because they have to find their own. And it's a disservice in, in some ways. In some ways, yet we live in a world where people are always hungry for someone else to say, oh, I discovered this, tell me, yeah. which tells us something about our world yeah. and our society where those people actually who uh, give advice with such uh, <laughs> speed <laughs> are actually celebrities yeah. <laughs> and are actually influencers is actually the correct word. And it, it tells us something about our society that people are hungry for influencers. And that, and that part of society will always exist. Mm-hmm. We're not here to uh, say that that is not a good thing. We are here to say it needs to be not the only thing. Right. Um, but more than that, a person should not be seeking to be influenced. <laughs> Is what I'm saying. That should not be actually the the purpose. Yeah. Instead, everyone should become an influencer on, on their the, own yes. life. Yes. Yeah. And it's we've been doing this now with quite a number of people over a long period of time, and you're saying the reaction that you see and the. Uh, what the process, the learning process, we, we call this a learning process. This is an educational model. Yes. Very important. This is an educational model um, that is therapeutic. Right. <laughs> we are not therapists, but no. it is a therapeutic process. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And some of the examples mm-hmm. we could share. Um, oh, there's one more point I, I wanted to say I forgot. It occurred to me. An important part of this process, and the first step in this process, is trust. Is learning to trust yourself. And also, we do it in groups. The learning is done in group learning, is to trust others. And the trust capital goes really, really, really far. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, how do, we, how do we develop that trust? If we're always outsourcing always dependent on others to inform us, to guide us, where do we develop the trust capital? And what we do in this learning experience, learning initiative, 
over time, slowly, is develop people's trust capital. Mm-hmm. Trust is, it's a big word. Mm-hmm. It's a big word. And it's not something that is, I find, easily experienced. Mm-hmm. And in order f- for one to trust themselves, they also need to be able to trust someone else. Yeah. Which is an interesting pl- interplay that it has. Um, so when someone shares something with you and you don't respond with an answer and you don't prepare a response while they're a- sharing something with you, you instead create an open space for what they share to land. That person who's sharing could begin to trust you because they're not being evaluated and judged. They sense that you are there in the moment. And the same thing goes for insourcing. When we experience something that's difficult, even preparing to explain to people what is M54 and what have we been doing, and I find myself sometimes prepping again and again and reading notes and papers that I wrote about it. Instead of understanding my experience that I've had for such a significant amount of time and being able to bring people into the experience, meaning instead of judging the impact of my conversation of will I impress the other person, will I convince the other person that this is necessary, I then, I I have to stay uh, soft and confident in my own experience of M54. And the... And that will come across to the other person because they are also going to sense that I'm not there to convince them. Right. Yeah. It's not about selling it. Yeah. I'm also not making promises that if that these conversations that we'll have with you will will bring you vibrancy. I don't make that promise either. Yeah. So I think we should share some an example examples yes, yes. of like what happened what, what, what are we talking what about? are we talking about <laughs> let's 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 bring it down because after all we're using the word experience 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 let's describe um an experience or two that we encountered uh in our learning um in our learning groups do you want to go ahead yeah it's so interesting it's, as we pause because because it won't sound dramatic, <laughs> and, and 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 it's hard in words yes. to describe the light in someone's eyes. And I'll tell you this example: this yes. one individual yes. who has been for a long time working, and de- founding and developing a Chabad house somewhere, somewhere, and by all accounts has been successful building and people and yet he finds himself continually comparing and measuring himself to others and finally through this process he has gotten permission or he's begun trusting what he has in his community and understanding the value of his community and the value of his capabilities and his strengths and drawing ideas and uh, 
programs, and just general outlook towards his Chabad house from within himself and within what is going on and is focusing inwardly instead of outwardly, which has he has found to be nourishing. Nourishing. Hmm. I mean, you should see the light in your <laughs> eyes as you describe it. Yeah, because I, I see the light of his eyes. Yeah, yeah. Even over Zoom. We, we do yeah. these groups over Zoom. Right, we also, but we also get together for... We've we've already uh, had three retreats, uh, yeah. multi-day retreats with each cohort. Yeah. Um, an example for me, it's fascinating how they're not gushing out of me. I I find it a very sacred process, and it's very uh, steady but uh, small. Each each one is not but it's it's cumulative. Yeah. So for one is is just coming to me now right. is when we we did uh, one session on the art of listening, and by the way, our intention with the future prod- podcast is to explore some of the ideas mm-hmm. and that, topics and, and top- skills yeah. that we learn together, which facilitates change in people's life. Yeah. So we did one on the art of listening, and we went through the process and we practiced it, and the next week. One guy comes back and says, I used it, and it was a whole different conversation. I used it with a community member, and I used it also in my family. And it was just so different. I heard things that I never heard before, wouldn't have heard otherwise, mm-hmm. and I responded and shared in ways that I've never shared, I wouldn't have shared otherwise, and they landed. And then they were effective in ways that otherwise they weren't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was a, there is <laughs> a, a woman, a wonderful woman, uh, who also has a Chabad house for a significant amount of years already and um, was going through the rhythm of a typical Chabad house. And she knew, not just felt, but knew that her voice in it was, was, um, wasn't reflective of her personality and her and what characteristics she's made up of. She's the Robinson. And she has, through this process, begun to literally uh, find her voice and express it, even in the weekly emails. For example, some of you <laughs> listeners might be getting weekly emails still. Maybe they go to your spam box. That's fine. But they look, they could look from some organizations and i'm not just talking about ours and but in general the organizations that you support or once were a part of typical almost like somebody could have copied and pasted it it's like a template a template yes <laughs> and she began she in a certain sense threw out the template and began to literally create in written word her own voice and it the the act of it is bringing her joy and it's something she wanted to do but never intentionally designed and now that she is it's wanting her it, she's wanting to do it more and in fact months later she's now at a new point where even this um, act of writing her own email she wants more out of and so that's the that's the the upward spiral um, of of how there's continuous change um, as we gain more insight and um, the fluidity of uh, of, of reconsidering things that we think we knew 
um, we re- we almost re- we reno and then we reno. Yeah. And it's it's very special to, to to be able to do that to do that in a group to find an increased agency and vibrancy in our 40s and in our 50s. Yeah. There's one thing we forgot to, forgot to mention earlier is also one of the principal ideas that the M54 uh, learning model is built on is this Pasuk in Shmuel says, Zois teras adam, Zot Torat Adam, Zot Torat Adam, and however you want to, <laughs> however you want to uh, say it. And um, the Medrash, and, and based on some uh, commentaries, one of the ways to look at it is that every person has a Torah, or every person is a Torah, their own individual Torah, or based on the teaching of the Baal Shem Tov of Hashgacha Pratit, where every detail in a person's life is Hashgacha Pratit and is unique and distinctive. And each and every one of us has almost like a, an opportunity, but yet an obligation, to be an author of our unique Torah. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu God gave us each our unique life experiences, not only for us to engage with it, but also for us to learn from it. Like the Baal Shem Tov teaches that every every event, every encounter a person has, he is to learn a lesson from it, to learn a Torah from it. And those encounters are my Torah, and your encounters, Hani, are your Torah. And since we're married, we share our Torahs with each other. <laughs> right, and sometimes they conflict. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Our Chabad house has been redesigned numerous times, <laughs> and I am very proud of that. And some things flopped, and some things didn't, and some things were so wildly successful, and actually we've outgrown. Yeah. Um, same with our children. And the oh, ab- that's a whole. <laughs> yeah, it's another conversation. But the ability to reinvent ourselves, um, not in a dramatic way. When you, when you use the word invent, yeah. What are you invent? What are you, what are you using to invent? Myself. Uh. So myself <laughs> gives birth to a new myself. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of the gifts of life that God gave us the ability to do if we if we can stay present in our experiences, um, and also be able to reflect on them. And so we're so proud to resume podcasting mm-hmm. our M fifty four podcast with you, and we look forward to now going through ideas uh, that emerge from our experience as well as ones that we've uh, taught. And we welcome you to share any questions or thoughts or insights to either Peretz, P-E-R-E-T-Z, at m54.co or Chani, C-H-A-N-I-E, at m54.co. That's not .com, but .co. And if you're wondering why it's not .com, it's because that somebody already took that name <laughs> and wanted a couple thousand dollars for it. But also, CO is conversation instead of com as in commerce. Mm. And with that, we will end. <laughs>